from Harare, Zimbabwe to the World Wide Web. You are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Every week, we lead you in conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Our goal is to get you to ask questions and compare what today's culture is telling us versus what the Bible says. If you're a non-believer, we hope that our conversation will shed more light on what the Christian faith is really about. Never miss an episode by subscribing through our website, www.radiantculture.africa or you can find us on iTunes. Like our Facebook page, look up Radiant Culture and follow us on Twitter at Radiant Culture. If you're on Instagram, it's Radiant underscore Culture. Radiant Culture. It's live. It's truth. It's lit. Stay tuned. Hello, guys. My name is TJ, and welcome to the Radiant Culture Podcast. Today, we're going to be continuing with uh, where we left off last week's episode on prayer with uh, T Mac, the Cookie Master, and Kuwaza. I hope last week's discussion was helpful, and today we can add on to, to that. So let's get into it. T Mac? Okay. So. So that's the talking to him mm-hmm. part. So we shouldn't really overcomplicate that. Mm-hmm. So now the hearing from him part. Mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you, you do hear people saying, um, the Lord said to me. And he's just like, okay, mm-hmm. how though? Mm-hmm. Like explain to me. Yeah. How exactly he said that to you? And sometimes someone honestly can't explain. They just be like, I, I just sensed it. Or I yeah. just had a feeling. Or yeah. I just had a knowing. And you're like, no, but guys, for you to really help me, I need you to tell me how he spoke to you. Yeah. So can you just give us some examples of ways in which God might reach out to us or might speak to us? Okay. Whether, I mean, okay, let's just say, okay, yes, audible voice is there, but mm-hmm. we're not dealing with that one right now. Okay. All the other ones. Okay. Yeah. So look, there's visions and dreams, you know. Uh, uh, Peter said, you know, this is the fulfillment of what uh, Joel prophesied uh, on the day of Pentecost, uh, that the young men and the young women will prophesy and, you know, young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams, you know. So God speaks through visions. He speaks through what, dreams. What is a vision, Kuwata? Okay, a vision... Um, is an image. Um, it could be a moving one. It might not be a moving one. It could be a still one that enters or is impressed on your consciousness mm-hmm. um, and that, you know, do kind of communicate something. So they can uh, range from very short ones mm-hmm. to a bit of a long one. Like John's. Was that a vision? Yes, Revelation. that was a vision. Yes, yeah. Revelation was a vision. Uh, you can also have open visions where your eyes are open and you are awake the whole time, mm-hmm. then there are visions that mo- the most common ones are when your eyes are closed and then you see something uh, with your inner eyes. If I, I don't know if I can, yeah. if that makes sense. No, it makes yeah. sense, yeah. So it, it feels like, a lot of the time it feels like you have conjured it up in your head. You know, like you see an image in your head when you think about something. Mm-hmm. So if I say to you, like the dog ran across the road, it's unlikely yeah, you're, you're going to see a dog running across the road. You're not going to see the words and the dog ran across the road. <laughs> you, know? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the idea. So you, you, you'll have an impression and you'll see something. It'll be brief. Maybe it'll be someone or something, maybe mm-hmm. a tree. Mm-hmm. So if you look at what Jeremiah did uh, when God called him, uh, God said to him, what do you see? And he sees, uh, says, I see an almond branch. And God says, you've seen correctly because I'm watching over my word to perform it. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Jeremiah 1.12. 
Um, and that was God uh, basically saying that, you know, look at this. And even though the almond had nothing to do with the word, it's because uh, the word almond sounds like the word for watching over. Oh. Or the phrase watching over. So that was a connection. Okay. Yeah. So he was already being taught how to, first to see and then also to interpret what he was seeing. So there's two parts to a vision. You get the vision, but you also need to be able to interpret. So Peter had a vision three times. He saw a sheet coming out of heaven and he saw sorts of animals and you know the story how it mm-hmm. goes. Yeah. And then he says, while he was still trying to put together what it means, mm-hmm. there were some guys who had arrived and the Holy Spirit said, go down with him. So he, he only figured it out when he got to the house and then he started preaching the gospel and the Holy Spirit fell upon him. Oh, okay, this is what that meant. So even Peter, with all his anointing and having mm-hmm. been with Jesus, he still had to try and figure out what the vision meant. Yeah. Yeah. So All this time I just thought people like get into a trance-like state. I know. Yes. So like, that's uh, another kind of a vision. Oh, it is. He okay. was in a trance. But while he was in the trance, he saw a vision. So those are usually the ones that are very like detailed. There's, there's, it's audiovisual. So a trance is when you just go. No, uh. <laughs> no. I think uh, the way I can uh, describe a trance is when I'll say your senses are suspended. Okay. Yeah. So you're there, but you're not there. Okay. Uh, it's it's like I don't know if you've watched some of those movies where someone it's is out of body experience. Yeah, out of body. Ex- not not quite, but the one where like I think the movie was called Awake. Maybe I'm now just going down a road oh that, that. Uh, awake where the yes, guy is being yes. operated on and he can and hear everything. everything yeah, but yes. his yeah his body completely just can't move anything. That was a freaky movie. Yeah, yeah. but that happens. Apparently, that's actually yeah. it, you know it, it can happen to some people. Don't feel. I no seen pain. the anesthesia was what he was. Awake. No, but he was in a he was in a state of consciousness. He wasn't in pain. He wasn't in pain, but yeah, he, but he, he could, could feel what was feel, happening. Yeah, he everything. could hear everything. Ooh. He could see what was happening. Yeah. It's bad enough when I can hear the dentist thing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's like a trance. Okay. But you, in, in, that, in that moment, and I think you, I, I'd imagine the senses are suspended because they could interfere with, with the vision itself. Yeah. yeah. So there are some, especially if you get some of these, what, what are called the stills, more like the, you hear people say, I saw a picture, mm-hmm. right? That's a vision, but it's a still vision. Okay. It doesn't come with any audio with it. You know, there's just, it's just, bam, I saw a tree. Yeah. Or bam, I saw a man standing there and he was wearing this and that. And then you hear people describe what they saw. Mm -hmm. uh, And then they'll say, sometimes maybe the Holy Spirit will come in and give them an interpretation or not. Someone else will say, oh, you know, that from from what I read in the Bible, if you see a guy with a shield, it's speaking of. so, So, yeah, and that's how it kind of works out. But how do you set it apart from your own imagination? Okay, so uh, that becomes a, uh, what do you call it, a result of time. As you go and as you experience these things, you realize, hey, hang on. Hey, that, that is not something that I thought up. Because it also come with a, a sense as well, like mm-hmm. a... Sometimes you'll come with a sense of peace. Sometimes you'll come with a sense of unease. And you'll be like, hmm, there's just something about this. Yeah. It okay. will be different. You will, it's hard to explain. But it's one of those things where, where, where Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Mm-hmm. So you'll know that there's something about what I'm seeing that's not just me thinking it up. Okay. And early on, it won't be easy. Because remember, Samuel, at the beginning, could not distinguish the voice of God from the voice of Eli. 
Mm. You hear someone calling his name, he just says, hey, that's Eli calling me. Okay. Hey, but hang on, how? So it's as time goes on, hey, when you see those things, when that happens, and that's why community is so important. Hearing God, so many times people teach it in isolation. But we don't hear God in isolation. We're a part of a community. Mm-hmm. There's guys who have <clears throat> gone ahead of you, who are older than you, who are mentors or whatever, who can say, ah... Uh, I think there's something God is doing with you. Yeah, you know, I think there's something happening there. So that's also very important to do it in the in 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 the place of community. Okay. Yeah. And dreams. Dreams, yes, the same. Um, there's one way Jeremiah says he had he had had a dream, and then he woke up and says, when he woke up from the dream, just from God, he says, um, my sleep had been pleasant to me. And then you have Potiphar, not Potiphar. Uh, Pilot, mm-hmm. Pilot's okay, wife, right. had a dream and said, "I've suffered much because of this man. He's a holy man, in a dream." So she she went through stuff. You know, when she woke up, she was like, "Oh my gosh, what on earth was that?" Mm. So those are two very different reactions coming out of a dream that was given by God. Uh, and usually, when you have a dream that comes from God, it's it's very like it's it's unforgettable. You can remember the detail, and it just feels like this is a dream. Um, this was a dream from God. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if I, if I should share this dream that I had uh, with you guys. Anyway, yeah, okay, I'll just share it. Um, <laughs> I shared share it with a few guys. There was a time a few weeks ago when, at the height of the field cues, I had a dream. And in this dream, I saw fuel was just like available and people could just rock up with their cars and just fill up and go. And there was no cues, you know, at all. Uh, and I was like, so when I woke up the next day, it really felt like a dream, you know, from God. I, I mean, I really felt that this is, a, this is different. But at the same time, it was at a time when, you know, we're spending like three nights and not getting anything and stuff. So you kind yeah. of think maybe it's, you know, there's a part of me that's saying, you know, I yearn for the time when I can just get fuel anytime. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I really sensed to the point that I wanted to share with a few guys, but I just kind of didn't because... Yeah, it was not a very good time to share that sort of thing with guys who are people who had spent 12 hours in a group of hours. I would have been expelled yeah, from the no, group. Yeah, no, they would have yeah. <laughs> You know, so um, I just held on, on to it and I thought, is it for now? Is it for the f- distant future? What's going on? So when I looked at this past week, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say, please hear me. I'm not saying this is how it's going to be forever. I'm just saying... I felt like with what's going on now, it was like, that was like, this is going to happen. But I didn't know this. It, it, I, I couldn't, I didn't know why. It just was like, guys could just come in and, and it's happening at the moment. Guys just, just go in and just fill up and go away or whatever. And people are saying it's because of the cost and whatever. Yeah, you can talk about the economics of it. But for me, it was very encouraging to know, hey, I had a dream and I had a very strong sense it was from God. I had a, a bit of a shade of me that was saying maybe not maybe it's just me desiring you know a mm. time when we have normalcy um or some semblance of it yeah, I was about to um say. yeah <laughs> i guess i had to catch myself there uh but you know what i mean it's what i took away more than actually that is is what's happening at the moment is there was a dream from god i really had a sense it was from god and you know it's kind of played out that's what for me is more important than the actual you know, thing coming to pass or anything. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes as 
time goes on and you have to be willing to make the mistake because you will make mistakes you can it can be a dream because the bible says that as many as the as, as dreams come because of many cares so the words of so folly comes when words are many or something like that i think uh in ecclesiastes 5 3 so there are some dreams that come because you're thinking a lot about something mm-hmm. you know um like and then you, yeah sorry Thinking a lot about this girl, then you just start dreaming. And dreaming about it, and then you're like, God has spoken to me. She's the one. She's the one, you know. Um, We don't play like that. (laughs) (laughs) We don't do it like that at all. (laughs) So, so you you can miss it. Okay. But you've got to be willing to. But in that instance, like, what do you think? you were supposed to do with the dream? Like, were you supposed to pray? Like, like what do you think the purpose of that was? Okay, so, um, for me now, I'm, I'm realizing Holy Spirit just likes to let people know stuff, you know, okay. like, he says that, and he will just tell if, you the things that I, are to come. Yeah. He will tell you the, the, the things that are to come. And so it's, it's been pretty interesting as well, like, you know, it's, okay, interesting sometimes, but not so interesting sometimes, where, like, you, you kind of know you know, like even results, you'll be like, "That's that that team's not gonna win, or that team is gonna win." You know what I mean? It's mm. and you you realize you have a career it's just in yeah, it's just betting. Cool. Exactly, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, maybe that's your you anointing, know, if right? You there. Don't have, if you don't have, you see, and this is the thing: when when that begins to happen, you 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 feel this awe that God trusts you with. You know, with information that you're not going to go and try and use it and, you know, get the lottery numbers. Oh, God, I'm just what the lottery numbers are and then make a ton of million dollars and I'm living it up. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like God is trusting you and you just don't want to do that. You know, you, you feel like you're corrupting it. Mm. You feel like, you're, you know, and maybe that God will take it away. I don't know. Maybe I, I fear that as well. That, But it's information. It's not like you ask God, tell me, you know, it's like. Sometimes it's intrusive. It's like, I don't want to know, you know. Mm. I want the surprise. I want to be able to enjoy a game, not to know what's going to happen before, you know. But I'm not saying it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it just shows to me, it just speaks to me of how God is in the detail of whatever it is that you enjoy. Yeah. And he'll speak to you about the things that you enjoy, the things that you spend your time talking about or thinking about. He'll get into that because that's what friends do. Okay. Pretty much. I mean, that, that's the thing that I've learned the most about being told stuff. And so maybe you'll see something in your dream. And I've also found the stuff that you pray about the most is the stuff that he speaks to you about most often as well. Okay. Um, so the question that I have is actually about praying, but praying in tongues. Yeah. Because uh, I think it's a big one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a subject that can be contentious mm-hmm. in, some, in some circles. You were talking earlier about how um, there's, there's different ways of addressing God and talking to God. Mm-hmm. Um, then we come now to this issue of praying in the Spirit. Yes. I think it's in Jude, uh, Jude 20. 20, where it says, build yourself up in your most ho- holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's often been interpreted to mean praying in the Holy Spirit means praying in tongues. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want us to talk about that a little bit because... Of course, there, there, there are denominations that don't believe in praying in tongues. Mm-hmm. Others believe that if you're to pray in tongues, there's got to be an interpreter. And then there's others that just believe that you, you pray in tongues because, you know, Paul does talk about the fact that when you, he who prays in t- tongues, speaks to God and all of that stuff, edifies yes. himself. So, um, again, if we can talk about that since we're talking about prayer, 
Um, how does praying in tongues play into all of this? Okay. Yeah. All right. So praying in tongues, um, if I can say something, uh, it sounds like we're just dealing with a bit of uh, some preposition work here, but it's not. It's not semantics. Yeah. Praying in the spirit is not exclusively praying in tongues. Right. Okay. Praying in the spirit. I don't think I've ever heard that anywhere. All right. So, okay. So let me yeah. break it down a little bit. Praying in the spirit is basically praying prayers that are motivated, guided, inspired, uh, even approved. I don't know if you can say that. Yeah. You know, by the Holy Spirit. So you can pray in the understanding while you're praying in the spirit because the Holy Spirit is involved in it. Mm -hmm. um, but what we are talking about here is praying with your spirit. So there's that, that's the difference. As I said, that sounds like two prepositions, but it's, it makes the world of difference. Yeah. Praying in tongues is praying with your spirit. What that means is it's actually your spirit that prays. And if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul breaks that down and talks about how, uh, so I will pray with my spirit or I'll pray with my understanding. So your spirit is the one that's praying when you pray in tongues. Mm -hmm. But when you pray in the spirit, you can pray in the understanding or you can pray with your spirit, which is praying in tongues. When we talk about praying with your spirit, again, when we, tongues are an expression of what your spirit is doing on the inside of you. So there are, you can have times where your spirit is praying inside and you can hear tongues on the inside. I don't know if you've had that experience before. Where you can hear your spirit is praying inside of you. and You're not saying anything, but you can hear your spirit is speaking. But you're not saying any words. Right. Yeah. So that's your spirit praying. But when you now speak in tongues, you're giving a physical expression to the speech of your spirit on the inside of you that's what's happening there mm -hmm. so i don't know if that makes sense okay. or, yeah so just to say that and then it's something that it's a language that the spirit has given to us to enable us to go beyond our natural limitations right so praying in tongues uh enables you to speak directly to god without any like when you're praying the understanding you're talking to god but there are times when your brain is thinking about other things and so on you can find yourself saying stuff that's really not, you know. Uh, but when you speak in tongues, you're speaking directly to God and you're praying in accordance with the will of God, as it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Uh, it enables you also to go beyond, as, as we said, your natural capacity and it builds you up. So Paul talks about those benefits, that it edifies you. Like Also, like the word for edify in the Greek also kind of speaks to, like, if you look at a battery and you're recharging it. <clears throat> that's what tongues does. It's like mm. you're putting your phone on a charger mm. or your spirit or yourself on a charger and mm -hmm. you're just charging up, you're boosting up again. That's what uh, praying in tongues does. And also, you're uttering mysteries you know, in, you know, in the spirit. So um, you can find, and sometimes what, what happens is as you utter those mysteries, you might not have the interpretation of it then, but the Holy Spirit could give you an interpretation as you go on in life and so on. Yeah. So that's what praying in tongues is. It's available to all believers. This is, there's a difference, as you said, about those tongues that, you know, not everyone can, or there has to be interpretation. Mm -hmm. That's the gift, one of the nine gifts of the Spirit, mm -hmm. uh, which is speaking in tongues with interpretation. Um, but then there's tongues as a sign. Jesus said, and these signs will follow those who believe. Mm -hmm. They will speak in new tongues. Right. So there's new tongues where it's a sign of being a believer, and then there's new tongues that come as a gift that is supposed to edify the body. Right. And we need to make a distinction between the two. Okay. So when Paul says, does everyone speak in tongues? Does everyone interpret? Does everyone prophesy? He's speaking about the gifts, that not right. everyone 
will speak, will be given an utterance in a meeting. Yeah. And someone else will interpret. But this one I refer to as the sign, which he then goes on to talk about, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than more all than of you. you. You know, if he's speaking in tongues more than everybody, he's not doing that so that, you know, and he's speaking in tongues and then Timothy's coming up and then he's interpreting. And then silence comes along and interprets. And then he speaks in tongues a little bit more and then someone else comes. You know, it's his personal prayer language and his prayer time that is building him up and enabling him to, you know, to have relationship with God and so on and so forth. Interesting. So we just need to make those, yeah, when we, when we talk about yeah. praying in tongues, just have that distinction. Thank you for that. Um, so in Romans 8, when Paul says the spirit will be groaning and, you know, within you, mm-hmm. like what on earth is he talking about there? Is that still just tongues or, yeah. That's beyond tongues. Okay. Um, it's, it's a laboring uh, in the spirit, like you're trying to birth something. Uh, usually that 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 usually usually, and I have to say from my experience as well, it it starts with you in prayer, praying in tongues, and it can actually graduate to a point where you're now no longer speaking words mm-hmm. or language that you can. So it's actual groaning. It's like, actual groaning. Yes. Okay. Yes, and you feel, and the feeling is it's pretty. It's a pretty intense kind of prayer. It's not the kind of thing that you will have. That you'll do every every day, you know. If you do it every day, you're in trouble. You're gonna be because you sometimes you feel like your stomach is knotting mm, that's up. Why I, so, okay, yeah. I, you know, every time I read that verse, I didn't literally think he meant groaning or like moaning. I just thought he was just like you know, yeah, it's a gross. way of saying it. But I didn't think he actually meant you. Like, no, yeah, it, it'll be like that. I mean, you can't really say much. Sometimes you feel like you. You're out of oxygen, or just like your stomach is just knotted together. You know, it's, it can be very, very intense and very. Sometimes it can be accompanied with crying. It depends, mm. uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty. It's a pretty intense experience, okay. and it's not the kind of thing that you know you you'll get every so often because it's pretty intense. Yeah, mm. but yeah, that that sometimes happens, and it's a very specific thing which the Holy Spirit is trying to do uh, and get done, and He's just found a willing vessel. Um, and I think that just this is my opinion now, not what the scripture says, but I just think that a lot, a lot more people could get into that kind of prayer mm-hmm. if we availed ourselves, uh, you know, more regularly uh, to say, here I am to regularly pray for or to be, a, yeah, you know, you find yourself doing mm-hmm. that. Okay. So and it's not planned. It's not something that you can foresee. Yes, you can't just say like, now I think I want to groan in the spirit. Yeah. Okay. For the next, <laughs> for the next ten minutes, I'll be groaning in the spirit. But it really, <laughs> it really okay. comes upon you. You know, yeah. it's just it's like you you, you get carried into it, mm-hmm. and you really feel, hey, I'm now. This is something that's different level. All right. Another question. That Wait. I have. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Thanks, ladies first. So, um. I just want to take us back a bit to, again, hearing from God. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like you hadn't quite yet exhausted your list because we'd done visions okay. and dreams. Like, mm-hmm. what else was there? Okay, so there's visions, there's dreams, uh, there's angelic visitations. Yo, okay, you took it there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, talking through the words. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, no. I'm not going to go for the, the, all the obvious ones, you know. <laughs> Yeah, definitely talking through the word. Yes, God will speak to you through the word, but also angelic visitations. An angel can just appear in your room and start talking to you I, and telling I, you what God is saying. You can miss me with that. 
right. <laughs> not sure. I don't know, guys. If I'm ready, remember that conversation we had about yes. fear not. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I yeah. really want to see those guys. No, but it's. I mean, it's just another way that God speaks. Sometimes God will speak through circumstance as well. Um, how things will just come together in a way that it just becomes evident that you know God is His doing something. Or, all yeah, maybe it. you're trying to apply it to get into something, and you just keep getting bounced. Sometimes God is saying, this is not for you, or it's not the time, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's stuff where he will speak through even like your body, right? So sometimes you can find your hand moving a certain direction. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a meeting, you're praying, and then your hands are starts moving on, on its own, as it were, pointing at someone. And then you realize, hey, God maybe has a word for this person. And then you have to take a step of faith and say, hey, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then as you do that, God starts giving you more information. Hey, share about, this stuff does know, take stuff faith. Like you know what I mean? So God uses all sorts of, you can use anything. You know, you, uh, the, I know guys who say that while they're watching, you know, they're not, they're, they're in the house, the TV's off, and then the TV just goes on and starts oh, seeing guys, stuff. Guys, no. <laughs> what? No. And, and God is I will stuff start rebuking something. I don't think I'll be like, thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. Wow. No. no, but those are the more like outlandish ways that God can speak. Yeah. But most of the time, God, you open your Bible, God speaks to you through the word. But it's also, you have to desire it. And say, God, can you speak to me? Because you know, the word can be just this book you read. Yeah. And you have to engage. Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit will also speak that still small voice on the inside as well. That's how he speaks a lot. Um, sometimes he will give you just words, especially initially. It will just be one word or two words. You know, like what happened to Samuel is just calling his name all the time. Mm-hmm. And then as you engage that voice, as you engage it, and you're not, it's, I keep giving the example of Moses. You know, he saw a burning bush. And you're going to walk past. Say, ah, oh, no, burning bush. Thing is burning, but it's not being consumed. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. Anyway, yeah. off to my sheep, you know. But he stops and he turns. And the Bible says, when God saw that he turned aside to look, then he said. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes God will do these things to see whether we're going to engage with it. Um, and then if we, if we engage with it and we go for it, God then begins to unravel and unpack it and mm-hmm. say, speak a bit more. And that's how it works, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah. Okay. Deep. Okay, can I can I ask my question? All right. So my, my question is actually to do with ladies. <clears throat> why why does it seem as if um ladies are the ones that get this prayer thing more? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um it's always the mom who's a prayer warrior. It's always the ladies at church who are in the intercessory team. Mm -hmm. It's always the ladies that are doing those travailing missions Mm -hmm. and, you know, all that, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Is that, does that mean that ladies actually have like a special inherent ability to, to to (laughs) pray? (laughs) That is, that is a very, (laughs) very interesting question. Uh, Very, yeah, I need to be very careful how I respond to it. Um, I'd say, firstly, just from a, demo, a demographic point of view, like <coughs> the makeup of a lot of our churches is, you know, women outnumber the men in churches, most churches. Mm-hmm. So you have more women than men coming to church. So it makes sense that you have more women in the intercessory team than the men. Um, 
that's simple enough. Yeah, I mean, that's one side of it. But I think that the other part of it is, you know, when you talk about intercession, especially in Zimbabwe, I don't know about other countries, how that, you know, works out. But women uh, generally carry burdens that because of our fatherless society and men uh, abdicating their role, and that's a problem that we have in our nation, uh, that we have to own up to and talk about, I guess. Yeah. Um, women end up taking a lot of responsibility that they shouldn't do. Uh, or they, they would not ordinarily have to carry. And so this kind of, I, I feel, then uh, feeds into the church where women end up carrying the burden in terms of prayer um, to see the changes, you know, uh, and see things happen. And also prayer requires humility, you know, and men are not humble people. Mm. You know, mm. men are wired to yeah. have the solution. Good you know? <laughs> I don't know if it's not humble, is it on the right way to put it? <laughs> I think because men are wired to have the solution and to know what to do, uh, the posture of asking someone else to intervene in a situation is is, is very much anti what men are like, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're the guy who makes a plan. You don't ask for something. You don't expect a miracle. You know, you, you make the miracle happen. Yeah, we make a plan. You know, yeah. it's, it's no you know what I mean? That's yeah. how men are. So to then come and say, guys, actually, you're just simply a funnel which God uses to provide for your family and you need to look to him is something that you have to work through with men as well to say, guys, we pray, we depend on God. Women generally, because they are more you know, likely to, in terms of like if it's saying, having someone over and then depending and you know, asking for a solution, it's easier for women to do that for men. Just like, you know, women are, find it easier to ask for directions, but men, you know, will, will, yeah, okay. will r- drive around like the block, waste $331 fuel per liter. Uh, and, uh, now now I ask. Now you know, ask now you're asking. <laughs> it's just too it's expensive. expensive. Man. <laughs> Your pride is too okay. expensive to maintain, you know. You know, so a lot. I think it's a lot like that, really. Uh, I don't have, um, it's just, this is just me thinking about it. Okay. I don't. But there's nothing in the Bible that says men should pray less, or you know. All right. It's just a cultural issue, I guess. Yeah, lazy. Just what I was. So, um, get away. Uh, we hear this expression a lot: um, "standing in the gap," mm-hmm. which often pertains, well, always pertains to prayer. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Okay, so where it comes from is um, uh, should be Ezekiel twenty-two thirty-one, where it says. Uh, God says, I searched a man to stand in the breach, but I found none. Mm-hmm. So I destroyed, I destroyed the land. And standing in the breach literally means, like if you remember, like in the Old Testament times, there would be a wall, right? Mm-hmm. And then if the wall is breached, there would be a gap there. Mm-hmm. And the enemy can come in. So what someone would, would do would be like use their own body to go and stand there mm-hmm. and to be like uh what do you call it like a, a a make up part of the wall that's the idea there so you're standing in a gap because there's a gap in the wall and you go and stand there so that the gap is done it's sacrificial isn't it because you say you're making up the wall basically mm-hmm. and so that's where it comes from um and so someone who stands in the gap is someone who does that they say there's a breach in the wall. There's a breach in the church. There's a breach. The enemy is breached, is, has, has breached, you know, the, the city wall, the city line. But here I am. I'll stand in the gap. Please 
So you see what God says. I found, I looked for a man to stand in the breach, mm -hmm. but there was none. So I came in anyway, mm. through the breach. But if a man stands in the breach, there's a last line of defense. God, please don't destroy. Oh, okay. So is it the <laughs> same as covering someone in prayer or it yeah, can be depending? Yeah, look, we have our charismatic language, you know, covering someone in prayer. Yeah. It's the same as saying, I'm going to pray for you. You know, but uh, people like to make it all sound very interesting and very dramatic. And mm. you're covered, you know, you are this you're and that. Covered. But it's simply, well, you know, I'm just going to be, I'm going to remember you in my prayers. Paul never said, I'm going to cover you. He said, I remember you constantly. Yeah. I remember <clears throat> you always in my prayers. Mm. So that's what it is. All right. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I, there's just always... I don't know where I heard it or which person said it to me, but they were like, those moments when you wake up at 3 a.m., you're supposed to be standing in the gap. So it just always yeah. <laughs> stuck with me. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, even if you ask them what that means, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I even remember, but yeah. it's just one of those yeah. things that stuck with me for a long time. And I just felt like I was sinning every time. I just, well, I thought I just need to go to the bathroom and I went back to bed. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why you need to have a relationship with God. So that you know. So that difference. you know that, you know, because you can go to bed and know it's okay. Mm. See, that condemnation that comes on you is because all these guys say this and maybe they're living under condemnation themselves. Yeah, um, and you find you know when you look at all night prayers, you see people sleeping in the all night prayer. <laughs> like, you know, like we started at ten, mm -hmm. and everyone like ginger for the first hour, hour <laughs> thirty, two hours at most for the really brave and like I'm here for it, and twelve and midnight guys are dozing off. And, and now the praise and worship you know, team has to work. Has to work hard. hard. <laughs> 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 nobody wants to be on that. You know, and someone has to bring night. a word, and it's like guys are trying to push themselves until they get to four in the morning. Can we get to four in the morning? Yeah, you know. But when you look at where all night prayers came from, it's I mean, it's you look at guys like Samuel, look at guys like Jesus. Jesus, you know, prayed all night, Luke six twelve, and that's I think that's where it comes from. You know, if you really ask, when I'm all night prayer, I think I will say, you know, you realize it's just like someone read the verse Luke six twelve, and they spend the whole night in prayer. Ah, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're also going to spend the whole night in prayer like Jesus. Hey, but that was Jesus, and he was doing that because he was driven by something, mm. by passion, by desire. I'm here, and I'm driven by your whip, Mr. Pastor Leader, sir. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I'm not here because I want to be here. You know, so, yeah, we just really need to work ourselves out of some of this tradition and, and, and the rituals and the religion of prayer, mm. which makes prayer such a... It feels like, <laughs> oh, God, who can... Who can succeed at this, you know? Um, what do you make of prayers that we just read? Like prayer books or prescribed prayers for certain things. These books. Yeah, prayer. I was going to say these books like <laughs> dangerous prayers. And it will tell you, you're having problem A, prayer B will get you sorted. What I would say is that's great as a tool. But remember, Jesus said, uh, if you pray or when you pray, believe. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, and if you believe, you will have what it is that you are asking for. And it's so important whether these books, what I find people end up using them like they're religious. They have no effect, if, you know, if you do that. Okay. Uh, the psalmist said, sorry, excuse me, he says, we believe, therefore we speak. And so what people need to do with those scriptures is to take time to meditate on them, mm -hmm. which is what people don't do. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. Yeah. When I read so you book. meditate on the scriptures, understand what it's saying, understand what it means. 
internalize the scripture, believe it, mm-hmm. and then you speak it, and then it has the impact. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, people want to do like rote, like it's like some magic formula. Yeah. Say this prayer 400 times, you'll get your deliverance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just, yeah, it's just an unfortunate way of going about it. Okay. But it's, it's great that, you, you know, guys produce those tools. Mm-hmm. But even if you look at uh, John 15, verse 7, I find this very interesting. It says, Jesus says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Mm-hmm. Ask what you wish, and it will be done for you. <coughs> so if his words abide in you, you internalize his word, he says you're going to be more effective in your prayers. Okay. So when you have that booklet, internalize it, believe the words, then speak them and pray them, and it's more effective that way. All right, cool. So as we draw to a close now, I just wanna, I'm going to ask, I think, what will be my last question. And it's to do with um, effective prayers. Um, how, how can, or rather, is there anything that we can do to actually guarantee that our prayers are answered? <laughs> right. And um, yeah, and, and what actually determines whether or not pray, prayers are answered? Yeah, so I think the very, the very nature of prayer itself is that it's a posture of surrender. Uh, and the posture of dependence. When you pray, you're asking God to do something that you yourself are not able to do, or else you wouldn't pray. Mm-hmm. Um, so to guarantee that a prayer will be answered is, I think, by definition of what prayer really is, and understanding what prayer is, you can't guarantee that a particular prayer will be answered. What you can do, is you can um, always pray with a posture of expectation that what you are asking for will be done. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, then more often than not, you have answered prayer. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and this is, I, I think, and this is my, my experience, I guess. Um, in my experience and the experience that I think a lot of other Christians can testify to this, I think the number of prayers that are not answered compared to the ones that are, the ones that are not answered, uh, you know, in the majority. Um, but that comes from a place where if you look at how prayers can be made more effective, firstly, it's about praying with faith. You know, Jesus oh, really said, I thought you were going to say with faith, friends. Guarantee yes. the effect so we're going to, let's, yeah, let's, yeah, we were, we were working in this. <laughs> there, there are many aspects to it. Um, firstly, faith is important. You have to believe. Uh, if you don't believe, there can be no response. God can do nothing. Okay. Uh, and then as a product of that faith, there has to be persistence. So both parables that Jesus says about prayer, the both woman, had persistent. Yeah, the widow people. and the friend, mm. both show that we have to be persistent mm. uh, or else we're not going to, you know, get the victory. Ask, seek and knock. Um, so faith, persistence, and then also praying in line with the word of God. First John chapter five, verse 14 says that if we pray in line with his will, we know that we have what it is that we ask for. So how do you know the will of God? Be acquainted with the word of God, because the word of God reveals the will of God. Mm -hmm. You can't be praying that your leader, you know, praying for national leaders to die, (laughs) you know, um, and say, God, please kill this leader or that. That's not... Uh, a godly prayer that's not a prayer that so witchcraft prayers it's there it's those are witchcraft prayers <laughs> fix him fix them you know when the bible says we are to forgive pray for our leaders that they may know god and so on and so forth so you have to pray in accordance with the will of god 
Uh, and then also, uh, you have to be, there are other things that can hinder prayer. Um, Psalm 66 verse 18 says, If I cherished iniquity in my heart, God would not have heard me. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you have to be you know, mindful of. First uh, John chapter three verse seven. First uh, Peter, not First John. First Peter chapter three verse seven says uh, to husbands, you need to you know uh, treat your wife as a weaker vessel and you know with honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, lest your prayers be hindered. Mm-hmm. So the way that someone is treating their wife can affect the effectiveness but of then their the prayer. The ladies don't want to be treated as the weaker vessels anymore, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They're that's, like, that's, now this weaker vessel stuff. Now yeah. our prayers aren't going to get answered. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but this is where you come in now where <laughs> you're not supposed to then re- respond with the arm of the law like harshly and like, crush or whatever, you know, because if you do that, it's, ah, angels will look away and say, bye, I'm not going to take a prayer to heaven. You know, and yeah, basically. And then also, the, the, it also applies to wives in terms of submission. If wives don't submit, if you look at First Corinthians chapter eleven, it talks about how a wife must have a sign of authority on her head, and what that's basically talking about is is the sense of uh, submission to the husband, so that you don't displease the angels. I think it says that somewhere along the way in First Corinthians eleven. So even the angels will be like, "You're going against your husband. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to be able to work with you." Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's so it's it's, it's, it's it's both ways. Husband has to treat his wife well if his prayers are to be answered. Wife has to submit to her husband and respect him, etc., etc., if her prayers are to be answered as well. So those are some of the things that you see in the scriptures that talk about, you know. And of course, unbelief is a, a killer, a prayer killer. You're never going to get anywhere with that. Mm. Um, and unforgiveness as well. Jesus said, "When you stand praying, forgive." Yeah. So I'm saying to some people that uh, you have been complaining about how you have prayed and fasted for the country for so long and nothing has happened. And then I asked them a very simple question. Have you forgiven some of the people that you have gripes with who are in leadership? Because if you don't forgive them, what are you doing? You're wasting time. You're just wasting time. It's just hot air going up to heaven. (laughs) You have to do what the scripture says. These are the protocols Mm. of prayer. If someone is, you know, if Jesus says, you're going to go and offer a sacrifice, but you've got issues with someone, leave the sacrifice there, go and be reconciled, then come and offer the sacrifice. It's very important. You know, so we can't just kind of do slapdash and then say, oh, God isn't answering, God doesn't care about what I'm saying or what I'm doing and whatever, you know. And then there'll be others that we can't explain. Where we'll just, you know, Paul says we hear in part and we see in part. But then we will know fully. And so there are things like you pray for someone to come back from the dead, they died at the age of five or six. You're like, but they, you know, they had a whole life ahead of them. They had prophecies over their life. Come on, God, mm-hmm. raise this person. Person doesn't come back to life. Why? Don't know. I didn't have faith and whatever. No, you know what you shouldn't do when you have an answer prayer is to beat yourself up too much. Mm-hmm. One thing you can do is, and this is the importance of relationship, to go to God and say. How come I didn't see results? Mm. And trust God to speak. Yeah. You know, because that's the same thing that happened with the disciples. Hey, we're casting out devils just now, but now this one is refusing to go. How mm. come? You know? And Jesus says it's because you lack faith and there's a reason for why you're not able to, you know, to do. It's not just because we'll see it all in heaven when we get there, we'll understand. Yeah. But the scope to ask here and say, 
what can I, what am I doing wrong? Okay. What can I improve, Lord? Um, I know Kenneth E. Hagin said he wasn't seeing as much in terms of miracles as he wanted to. So he took three days of prayer and fasting and said, Lord, why am I not seeing miracles? And the Lord said, what does my word say? My word says you, are, you, you should preach the word. Mm. And the signs will follow the preaching of the word. Mm. So you, you preach the word, you go around, preach the gospel, and my signs will follow you. And he began to see as he did that, signs and wonders will start yeah. you know, uh, increasing. So if he hadn't done that, he just says, oh, well, we'll see it in the sweet by and by. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's just for uh, Minister B across the road. You know what I mean? If you, and you don't have that relationship and you don't <coughs> take the time, because as, as I said, it took three days prayer and fasting. It could be more for other people or less. Whatever the case may be, the idea is prayer is always in the context of relationship. Something doesn't work out. God, can you, can you tell me what's happening here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Kuwaza. I think this was very, very helpful. And I think we managed to touch on, you know, several issues and many different aspects of this whole subject of prayer. It's a very big subject, obviously, you know, and there's no way that we can touch on every single thing. Yeah, it's it's inexhaustive. But um, thank you. It's it's always a pleasure having you in the house. It's a pleasure being here, guys. It's refreshing and challenging as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, it's not a question. As, uh, well, we're done with questions. No, okay. It's not really one, <laughs> but sort of one. Um, someone once said, again, I can't remember who, but he said, I don't spend 15 minutes in prayer, but I never spend 15 minutes without praying. Smith Wigglesworth. Oh. Lisa, I'm not making it up. Um, so is that. Like talking about never ceasing in prayer, is that what he's sort of referring to there? Yes. I think, I mean, that's his, that's his expression of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, remember this thing about relationship and again, issue of hunger and desire. Mm. So the way your desire works itself out will differ from one person to another, yeah. your circumstances. And, you know, you can't, sometimes you can't do that if you are in a marathon surgery for five hours, you know, and you're having to be completely there, sold out. Mm. Um, and you can't be having this moment where you're just, oh, God, I just thought you, you know, you're just a great God. I think the idea of constantly praying through the day yeah. and <clears throat> debunking the, the, the myth of to be a minister used of God or to have a relationship with God that counts, uh, you have to have these times where you spend five hours in prayer because that in itself can discourage a lot of people yeah. from pursuing God. It's, ah, five hours. If they don't have the five hours, or I have five hours, but I just don't think I want to use them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, like, because you're thinking, and then you pray, and then you yeah. lie down, and then all your words are, are finished, and then you're like, okay, so what do I do now? So you're like looking at your clock as well. Ah, I've only been here one and a half hours. Ah, not the three and a half. Hey, what am I going to say? You know, and then that defeats the whole purpose. Yeah. So I think that that's very helpful what that's, you know, that saying is very helpful for mm-hmm. people just to know there's many ways to skin it um, and it's all acceptable to God. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was my last thing. Thank okay. you, Kulwaza. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. No problem. And for helping us better understand this subject. If you do have any other questions, please, please, please feel free to leave them in the comment section or on our Facebook page or to send us an email. Um, we'll do our best to try and answer those questions. All righty. Yep. Yeah. 
Keep praying for us. We'll keep praying for you. And we'll see you next week. Cover us. And we'll cover cover you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.